Hey everybody, it's your host Jana, and welcome to this week's episode. I absolutely loved speaking with this week's guest, Tiffany, and you're going to hear us geeking out about a bunch of belly dance business topics, but first I want to go ahead and introduce her. Tiffany is a rock sharky dancer that sees herself more as a business person than an artist, strangely enough. While she loves the expression of its dance form and all the joys it can bring to body and soul, she's found her true passion in helping other dancers with the business side and connecting dancers to online content and resources that can really push their practice forward. In addition to running the yearly Bella Dance Bundle sale, she also helps run the online portion of Journey Through Egypt and has worked with many other dancers in everything from virtual assistant work to online business managing and coaching. She's a total nerd for business and marketing, and I love that, and how it intersects with our dance world and how we as eternal students can leverage the internet alongside our in-person studies to become stronger, more knowledgeable dancers. Here is this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Tiffany, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about business with belly dance. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I already said in the beginning of this episode, your bio, but just in your own words, a little bit about yourself and how you got started in uh, belly dance. Absolutely. So my name is Tiffany. Uh, I run the Belly Dance Bundle, which is where most people know me from, but I also help uh, Sahra Kent over at Journey Through Egypt with the online portion of the business. So you'll see me a lot in in our live events over there and sending out emails and stuff. But um, I've been dancing for 14 years now. I can never remember exactly if I started in 2006, 2007. Um, But I first got into belly dancing when I was a kid. Um, And I have a story that I found uh, has it's more popular than I knew when I first started, but I am half Brazilian. And growing up, we had uh, the, the local Brazilian channels. We had them in the States with my dad, like pirated them with this giant satellite <laughs> dish in the backyard. It's very funny. Um, but there was this uh, telenovela called Ucloni, which mm-hmm. apparently came out, went out to be like one of the most syndicated soap operas of all time. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of people got into it this way, but one of the characters in that show was half Moroccan, I believe, and half Brazilian. And she, uh, what I now realize was wildly incorrectly belly danced <laughs> in the show. And as like a 10 year old, I was like, this is amazing. I want to know how to do this. Um, but at the time, nobody would teach children in my area. Um, it was, you had to be 18 to take any classes nearby. So I wasn't able to do much. I got a couple of VHS tapes, you know, but I didn't, I didn't really dedicate myself to it mm-hmm. until later on when I uh, saw it on a community ed flyer for like a local high school, like after hours class. Um, and I started taking it. And then I think as it does with a lot of us, it just kind of took over my life slowly, but surely yeah. <laughs> over the years, you know, one class turns into three classes a week, turns into going to the studio every night turns mm-hmm. into somehow I'm dancing in a restaurant now and now I'm doing gigs and now I run online businesses for belly dancers. It's just it's the natural it's, chorus. I don't know what you're talking about. It's the natural chorus every... of things. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
That's awesome. I do remember Ukloni, um, and we talked about this before. We can speak in Portuguese together, but um, it's a very tiny bit. for me anyway um i do remember uh the show and at the time it did make uh, also a big influence in getting um brazilian dancers as well into belly dance and it's such a huge scene there too i remember when i went to um sao paulo to teach like the dancers are so they're so nice and they're so lovely and then i feel like all other stories were like yeah i saw it on tv (laughs) it's like oh yeah and it's you know growing up in the states you know very divorced from Brazilian culture and from a Brazilian community here. Um, like I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. who who had seen it or yeah. knew about it. And then as I started to run the bundle and I became more connected with more international dancers yeah. versus just my like local dance people, mm-hmm. um, suddenly everybody was like, oh, Ucloni, I remember Ucloni. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they saw it in Spanish or they saw it in Italian or wherever it was syndicated to. And I was just like, mm-hmm this is amazing. I had like this, this one show could have such an impact on like a whole generation of dancers. I think it's really cool. Even though, like, like I said, it's like, if you look at it now and with the knowledge of like the culture and what dances are done where and how it kind of all works, it's just like, Oh no, that's not. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) It got you here. So it's fine. It got me here. (laughs) Now, um, you mentioned that most people do know you from the Belly Dance Bundle. How did you get, talk a little bit about what exactly the Belly Dance Bundle is for the people that don't know about it and how did you get to make that idea um, for the Belly Dance community? Yes, so the Belly Dance Bundle, um, if you haven't seen it or participated in it before in any way, is basically a collection of online content from dancers all over the world that we sell as a flash sale for one week only you know, during the year, usually in October. Um, so this will be our fourth year. And for the past three years, you know, I just, I find any kind of online content that dancers are doing. And in the past, that's actually been a rather difficult job, <laughs> right? Finding the dancers who who have built that online presence, mm-hmm. bringing them all together, eBooks, lectures, live classes, pre-recorded classes, whatever they they have had. And then, you know, putting it together in such a way that, when dancers buy the bundle, there's always something for them to do, right? There's no matter what they're interested in, where they're at in their journey, there's there's something that they can take, there's a teacher that they can learn from. And the idea is really to experiment in your own practice, right? Experiment mm-hmm. with different teachers, experiment with different class formats, um, experiment with different topics to kind of see what what works for you in an online capacity and what doesn't because like online dancing, it's not, it's not meant to, and I don't think it ever will replace in-person dancing. And I know right now with the pandemic that it has for some of us completely replaced in-person stuff because we have no other choice, but you know, in a non-pandemic world, um, it's not, it's not here to, to replace your in-person practice. It's really here to augment it. And that means that for some people, you know, pre-recorded classes are going to be absolutely perfect. You know, you have a toddler running around like me, right? You don't have time necessarily to, to make it to a live class all the time, but yeah. pre-recorded stuff works really well. But for other people, you know, they need that, they need that uh, accountability to show up for a live class to do the extra practice. So something like the bundle, I really wanted to help people figure out what works for them. Mm-hmm. And by giving them 
the whole plethora of options. Because if you have to go out and take all of these different classes and you have to study with all these different dancers to kind of start figuring that out for yourself, you're gonna spend thousands of dollars mm -hmm. in online content just, just to figure out what works for you so that you can do the things that are gonna push your practice forward. Um, whereas with the bundle, it's a little more accessible. It's a little easier to kind of get in, mm -hmm. test it all out and then go from there. And as for where the idea came from, um, so probably eight years ago, nine years ago, I started working as a virtual assistant um, online. My husband and I decided that when we got married, we were gonna go on a year long honeymoon and we were gonna backpack around the world. And so I was looking for something I could do while we traveled, because that was the idea was to work and travel at the same time. Um, and I had the good fortune of falling in with a travel blogger um, from Extra Pack of Peanuts, is <laughs> the name of the blog, <laughs> that I worked for for years. And he ended up creating a community for people pursuing location-independent lifestyles, right? Helping people build businesses, and I ended up working over there. And so what, what started as like being a virtual assistant, which is basically just a secretary on the internet, um, it, it turned into me like helping people grow and figure out what their online business would be and how to get started and how to get past whatever roadblock they were working, you know, working with at the time. And to that end, to help people, you know, start those location independent lifestyles, work on those businesses, Travis and his business partner, Jason, that I worked for, um, they put together a bundle sale called the Paradise Pack. Um, and I helped them run it for years just as an assistant helping, you know, fielding customer service, putting together contributors, reaching out to people, doing all of that kind of stuff. And finally in 2017, I I looked at the state of online dance in the belly dance world. And I finally was like, cause I was, I'd been belly dancing for years at that probably 10, 11, 12 mm -hmm. years at that point. And I could see that there was enough online content that something like this bundle could work in the dance space. Mm -hmm. um, and so I decided to give it a shot and see if anybody was interested in, in putting it together and coming on and being part of it. And some people were willing to take a risk and, and hang out with me for a couple months and put it all together. And it, it did really well. And so every year we've kind of built, um, we've built on that framework and we've changed it to better fit the belly dance community every year. And it's, it's one of my favorite things to do because it's it's really been it's really allowed me to connect everything that I had learned about marketing and business and mm -hmm. and doing all of that through being a virtual assistant through you know being a community manager and a coach with location indie taking all of that stuff that I had learned and being able to like marry it into the belly dance space with my contributors and you know help help them a little bit and do a little bit of business coaching here and there to, you know, figure out what would be best for the bundle, but then also serving dancers, mm -hmm. right? Like I said, by giving them this, this package that they could take home and, and dance with for months and, you know, really work on their own personal practices. So it's, to me, it's almost like the perfect storm of, of things coming together that just really meet what I'm into and how I like to do things. So it's been really fun. I'm really into it. <laughs> I love this idea and I love seeing belly dancers embrace the online part. I think we've all had to embrace it this year. Yeah. Um, 
but I love that you had the foresight even before, before it was a thing to think about, you know, well, this, this could be a thing you could be teaching online and, and let's put it all together. And I really love that because I tend to, um, I look at other online marketers and online businesses and stuff. And I try so much to get an idea of how they do their business. There's, you know, and not just bloggers, but there's like, uh, content creators and Instagram people, like whatever it is that their business is online, I try to get so much information as possible from them because clearly there is, if there's a market for something that specific, how come there's none for, for belly dance? And then obviously the pandemic hit and everyone had to come <laughs> online. Exactly. But yeah. And I just, to the people that in the beginning of the pandemic that were saying, well, no one's going to want to come in person once it's online. It's like, no, that's not true. If anything, they're going to want to come more. If you're doing a great job, they want to come more and mm -hmm. see you. Like, it's the same when you go to, when you went <laughs> to a festival. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the, the pre-COVID days, um, when you went to a festival, you didn't just go blindly. You saw these people dancing on YouTube, these dancers on YouTube, and you wanted to learn more from them, or you saw snippets of their classes. So I think it's in the same spirit of people that are going to want to come and support you you know, in person if they can, or they'll want to, if you do a good job and if you put yourself out there, obviously it takes a lot of work, <laughs> um, a lot of work actually, Absolutely. but, um, but yeah, just, I think it's great that, that you had the foresight even three years ago to start this, um, in the belly dance community. And we talked about this, um, before, but other dance industries have been doing this, like the hip hop industry, you could have, like there's an online platform for hip hop uh, dance, for example, that's been high quality for quite some time. And I feel like belly dance can really step up. I think that, that the belly dance world especially has, has resisted the internet. And, and like, that's, that's okay, but there's so much value in it. And, you know, like you said, just, there is this fear that if you put things online, then people will stop studying with you or people won't come to in-person classes. Um, you know, and I've, I've talked to dancers about this in the past, but like, it's, it's not true, right? Like you're saying there, I mean, there will obviously, there will be some people who, yes, like now that they can take classes in their houses, they will never go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Those are always, those people will always exist. But I would argue that those people probably were never going to travel. Yeah. And exactly. spend all that money to go to a festival in the first place. Yeah. Um, but what I love about coming together online and working together online is that it's you're better able to promote the people that you love, mm -hmm. right? Because you can sit here and be like, well, have you heard of this dancer? I love this dancer. I love this dancer. But all you have to point to are videos of yes. her dancing. And like, are they good videos of her dancing? Or is it like that someone set up a kind of crappy camera in the back of yeah. the auditorium? And, you know, or like, uh, I have a friend who saw a video of me dancing in a mall once at like a promotional event for a, for a studio that I was taking classes at at the time. And he makes fun of me all the time because I'm dancing in front of a supermarket. <laughs> you know, so like, like, is that, the, are those the videos that you're able to see yeah. of the standard? Whereas now with everything going a little bit more online, people teaching online, you actually have somewhere to point people like this dancer is amazing. Go yeah. take a live class with her yeah. because you get like, she is able to more accurately depict who she is 
and what she has to offer. I feel like now that online things have become more pervasive, yeah, um, then she maybe would have had the resources to in the past. Because like to get those really high quality performance videos, to get those really high quality things out there, you have to, you know, you have to work at a certain level and not everybody's able to do that. Yes, yes. I feel like that is exactly the thought I had. Even just today, I was looking to take an intensive. It's an online intensive with a dancer who's very well known. But my first thought was, is she, is she a good teacher? Like, I don't want to invest this money. And I have no idea what kind of teacher. It's, it's supposed to be giving me feedback. What kind, is she good at giving feedback? I don't know. And, and mm. it was the exact same thought. It's one thing if, you know, I might take a chance to go travel at a festival if they're not the only one there. I might visit a new city. You know what I it, It's less almost of a chance of a risk to take seeing them in person because there might be other things I can do versus when I'm online and then that's it. And I'm like, and and then I don't see anything else that they've put out. And it's like, Ooh, I don't know. Are they good or not? Like, I don't know if I want to invest in that. So I want to speak to this um, because I was actually having a discussion on Facebook about this the other day. Um, When you go to a festival, this has always been the case in the belly dance world, but it, it didn't feel like it. All right. Business and marketing have always been everywhere in everything, right? So mm-hmm. when we're talking podcast about business, I get to get nerdy. Yes. So please. <laughs> it's it's everywhere and it's pervasive and you don't notice it because it's authentic a lot of the yeah. time. Right. And you can you can tell when marketing is not authentic. It strikes yeah. you badly, you're not into it. But right, you said you might take a chance on that dancer if you went to the festival and other people were there. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why is because you trusted somebody else, right? You trusted the organizer, you trusted whatever dancers you knew who were going to be there. Yes. And this dancer that you didn't know was part of the lineup, right? So because you trusted the organizer or whatever dancer who sent you there, who brought you, you're willing to look at all the other dancers and give them more of that benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Give them a little bit of that trust that you've already put into the organizer or your favorite dancer and take a chance go to a class with them. And <clears throat> you're seeing this in the online space now happening, right? It's, some, it's, it's what the bundle does as well, but you see it, you know, when you bring together four dancers for an online intensive or workshop, you might not know three of them, but you know the person who's putting it together and you mm-hmm. trust them. And so their trust transfers onto the dancers mm-hmm. that they've brought to them, which is why as organizers and as hosts, we have such an important duty to make sure that we're, we're pulling people from all walks, mm-hmm. right, of the dance world, that we're, that we are not only promoting, like, the most famous of dancers, but the really good dancers who maybe haven't, like, quote-unquote, made it big yet, yeah. whatever that means, right, and, like, being able to take the trust that people have either already put in you, or already put in a, in a dancer, and, and transfer it around, and that's mm-hmm. easier to do on the internet, mm-hmm. and I think that, we're in a space now where because online dancing is so much more prevalent and so much more accepted um, that people who would have taken years to find their footing in like the international like traveling workshop circuit will be more easily able to find their footing online Mm -hmm. but only if we connect with each other and only if we talk about each other and share, mm-hmm. you know, the people that we're taking classes with, the people that we love, hosting people, continuing to work within the dance community, mm-hmm. you know, 
and not just giving up on that just because our studios are closed, mm-hmm. right? Like you, I feel like, especially as teachers, like we have, we still have that same duty to our students. Mm-hmm. And, and I just like, I love that, that trust, that trust transference, right? Has always been there, but you didn't see it as much. And now mm-hmm. because everything's so much more globalized, like obviously go- globalized, because we were a global community before, but now you, you're starting to see it happen more often. And it's mm-hmm. like super exciting to me. That's a really good point about, about the trust. You don't think about it because you're like, oh, I'm already here at this event, but you're, you are giving trust when you, when you go to an actual festival. Yeah, this organizer, you know, they brought this person. I know two out of the three dancers here might as well take a shot. Whereas it's online, it's like, okay, yeah, it, that same type of community should still be there online so that mm-hmm. people can, uh, can still trust <laughs> the dancers online. Um, you are very big into numbers and behind the scenes of how business work. And that's one of the reasons I think we get along <laughs> very well. Um, super business nerd. Yes. Yeah, super business nerd. I, I love, <laughs> um, it's kind of sad though that you have to, we have to call ourselves like business nerds for something that it should be like basic teachings when you're starting out or something, but we'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, what would you say is the number one or the biggest marketing mistake you see belly dancers make constantly, especially when they're first starting out? Or in this case, when you see people trying to do online things and you see yeah. it's not working for them, what would you say is, is probably the, the mistake that they're making? Can I give you two? Yes, you can, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so one, I think that, um, I think that the, there's this pervasive idea in the belly dance world, or there has been at least in my time coming up through it, that if you are good, people will find you mm-hmm. and you if don't you build it. They will come. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's that idea, but it's, and it can be true right? Like enough, like I was talking about that trust transference. If you meet the right people and you know the right people and the right people are talking about you because you are good, people will come. That does happen to to some people, but it's not something that, that everyone has access to, right? It is, it is a luck-based thing or a privilege-based thing, depending, you know, on where you're at. And with the internet, that's not, that does like, it maybe it kind of worked in person, but online it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like you, you can't assume that just because you put something out there and it is good that people will find it. Yeah. Especially right now with everything. Like, I mean, for example, um, one of my friends started teaching online. I've known her for over 10 years. She started teaching online. Um, she'd been teaching online for maybe a month and a half before I found out. And I didn't find out from her. I found out because I was doing a Facebook deep dive, doing research for the bundle, trying to find contributors who would be a good fit. And like seven people deep on like a fake, like I've been going for like an hour and a half on Facebook, like scrolling posts, looking at events, who was teaching at the event, who was performing at the event, whatever. I found a student of hers who was talking about how good her class was. And I was like, but wait a minute, how did I not know? Uh right and it's you know the Facebook algorithm had not dined to show me that Uh she was teaching online and like you know you can't 
rely on this idea that if you put something good out there that people will find it. You do have to learn about marketing mm -hmm. and you do have to learn about, you know, these ways that you can bring people into your class. Mm -hmm. And marketing isn't a bad word, right? No. You can you can market and be authentic. You can market and provide value. You don't have to be like, you know, the used car salesman like mm -hmm. to get people into your class. Um, so I think that's the first mistake that I see I see some dancers making and and it is overwhelming. So I can see why people just kind of pull back from that yeah. part. It, it is an overwhelming thing to jump into. Um, but there are resources out there that will kind of walk you through the beginning portions of, of you know, getting your feet under you mm -hmm. in a marketing sense. Um, the other thing that I see people not utilizing enough um, is email marketing. And this is a carryover, I think, from the pre- are preaching to the choir. I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like I've honestly met. I always tell people do not put, do not rely on social media. It's not yes. there to to promote. It's there to get your money for ads. Once you do one ad on Facebook, you know how difficult it is to get your stuff seen. Like you're just preaching to the choir. I have like an entire thing about email marketing. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So like for me, um, I think it's the fact that we haven't been online. Yeah. Right. Like that's one of the reasons that email marketing has never really taken off in the dance space, because like if you go to teach a workshop somewhere and you teach that workshop and then you leave, you never, you never had anything for those people. Mm. Right. Like if you, if you weren't like the people who have been building online classes for years, because there have been dancers who have had online classes mm. for years. Like you were saying that I had the foresight in 2017 to put the bundle together, but I just brought together people who, who, ha who had that foresight to be creating the content mm -hmm. even before that. Um, you know, so a lot of dancers didn't have anything to offer these people who were taking workshops with them. So there was no reason in their minds to keep up with those dancers. Not really, you know, maybe to share a little bit of personal information, but you know, with social media and especially once Instagram hit, like that's, that was an easy way to keep up with people who took workshops with you, mm -hmm. you know, just come follow me on social. Um, but especially now, I, I would argue then as well, but especially now, like being in people's inboxes and having control over, over how you are reaching out to people and who you're reaching and targeting mm -hmm. those people um, is, is super important. And it allows you, okay, we're going to get back to the nerdery. So if you look at your business, <laughs> right? you got to get your whiteboard out and you got to get, gotta the get the, I, I would love to have a whiteboard right now. Actually. Um, I would love people to be able to see this, but you're going to have to imagine it in your brain. Mm -hmm. So think of your business as a funnel, right? So at the very top of the funnel, at the biggest, widest part of the funnel, that's where social media is. This is, these are the people who they think you're pretty. They like your dancing. They've maybe never taken a class with you you know, but they kind of follow you on social. These people are not invested in your business. They're more invested than someone who's never heard of you, but they're not like invested in you and in your mm -hmm. business. Um, and then you come down the funnel a little bit and then you've got your email list, mm -hmm. right? And these people, they've chosen to let you into their inboxes. Like if you think of an inbox as like, if this is gonna sound ridiculous, but if you think of an inbox as like a sacred space, right? They've let you in to, I mean, they've let you into the device. Like people check their email like a million times a day. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? So you, you have access to that. 
-hmm. and you're, you have the ability to put words directly into their inbox that they will read and check out and follow. And these people, they, they're way more invested in you and what you have to offer and what you have to mm -hmm. teach. And even if you never used your email list to sell a single thing, right? You could just share with those people in a more personal way. Those people would be more engaged so that when you did launch something on social media, right? Because those people are also probably going to be on your social media list. They're, they are more likely to purchase whatever the thing is you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Even if you never send them an email mm -hmm. about buying a thing ever, right? And then obviously the bottom of the funnel are like your super fans, the people who buy things from you, who take your classes, who take your workshops, who travel to go to festivals to take classes with you. Mm -hmm. um, so like email marketing is so powerful and it's so important. And it's why, I mean, every other business vertical on the internet has utilized email marketing for years yeah. to get to get in touch with their audiences and, and sell to their audiences and you know give value and knowledge to their audiences. And in the dance world, there's very few dancers who have like a consistent, valuable newsletter mm -hmm. that's driving traffic yeah. like to their products. Um, but I can tell you as someone who has, you know, business coached and worked in several people's businesses that the dancers that do have that, like they're, they are doing better than the people yeah. who aren't. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's a super important part that is sorely lacking, I think, yeah. in the dance space. And I, I think that now as, as this like furor of online classes dies down, and like the people who stick around, stick around. The people who are going to go back to in-person classes because they don't like teaching online, go back to doing that. I think that's when you'll start to see the surge in online marketing and like in email marketing start to pick up as people start to do, like I said, they start to do more of that research. They start to learn more about marketing. They'll start to see that pick up more in the dance space. And I'm really, really excited to see what that looks like. I think most people or most dancers are scared of email marketing because when you think of emails, you have to write. And a lot of dancers like, I don't know what to write about. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I just want to dance. And I think the word email is throwing, it is email marketing, but it's throwing, you don't, you can post a video just for the people. If you'd prefer that, or if yeah. you audio any, it doesn't have to be I like to write. So I have the dance, you really dance newsletter every, every Sunday as well as this podcast. Yeah. So, um, I like to write and I like, um, you know, the, I love email marketing and, um, I almost like writing more than being on camera. Like I'm forcing myself to be more in front of the camera this year because <laughs> yeah, I just, I prefer just to put things out into writing and, um, but yeah, some people get thrown off by it cause they're like, I just don't know. I can't think of something every week, but if you can think of it that, especially if you're a teacher, you know, you're creating content for your, if you're teaching and creating content, and that way for your classes, then you can use parts that you can teach a combination exactly. a week or so. It can be any type of content that you desire, just that it has to be consistent and it's better to do it via email because as you said, it is a sacred place almost that people let you in. Like if I'm giving you my email address, number one, I'm hoping you don't spam me. Right. <laughs> With like you're not selling my email <laughs> to somewhere. Yeah. And number two, I'm, I'm giving you access to reach me. Like I don't check social media or I'm not as engaged even on social media as, as I used to be, let's say 10 years ago, um, just because it's too much. The algorithms are constantly changing. There's people's, 
I'm finding out people that don't believe in science every single day. <laughs> right. It's like, right I, I can't know. be bothered. Like I've said it many times before. I'm barely like my Instagram posts are scheduled that come out with pod, like with the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I really need to, I would like to be more on top of that because I would like to change uh, the, the fakeness that is social media. I would like to use it for good as I've seen people yeah. and as I follow people that do that. But I myself haven't gotten, I, I haven't been bothered to, to do it, honestly. So yeah. the, the place to communicate with me is through email and this podcast, which are a regular mm-hmm. thing every Sunday that people that sign up, this is what they get. So it is, it's a great way to talk to people that, that want to hear from you. And it's also a great way that people that want to hear from you, you know, these people are, are easier to sell to. And that's not a, a sleazy market. It's not a bad thing. Sale. It's not a bad thing. These people want no. to give you money if, if they can and, and want to support you. Yeah. And so. like, you have to think, especially in the dance world, we almost create like, I don't know, I don't have another phrase for this, but almost like cults of personality around dancers, mm-hmm. right? Like when you love a dancer, like you want, you want to take classes with them. You want to watch lectures from them. You want to listen to a podcast from them. Like you really do want to absorb all of these different ways that you can interact mm-hmm. with someone. And like dancers, you're saying, right? It's the writing about emails that throws them off. You can just offer people a little bit of extra content. Like you said, a little drill that you couldn't teach during class or whatever. But if you post on social media all the time, right? What's a little bit extra of that story that you can tell? Can you rephrase this in a, in a more meaningful way that you share with people who care? Because if people are signing up for your newsletter list, they like you, they Mm -hmm. care about you. They want to hear these things from you, whether that's learning from you, whether that's hearing your opinion on something that's going on in the dance space, like they, they've signed up for that. They want to know those things. Mm -hmm about you this it's almost this is where i think that that cult of personality kind of comes in it's like you can really be yourself in emails right you don't have to like worry about the the fakeness of social media as you put it which i would argue you should be super real on social media too but i know people (laughs) aren't into that which is fine um but you can really be yourself in emails a little bit more and really gather the this group of people around you who who love what you do And then when you have something to offer, when you're putting value and knowledge into the world in a paid for format, which artists should absolutely be getting paid for what they do. Dancers are underpaid across the board. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when you put something like that out and, and these people who are on your mailing list, you know, they are easier to sell to because they like you because they're farther down that funnel into your business. It's, it is an authentic way of communicating and marketing with yeah. your audience. And that's, that's the best way to do it. That's like the yeah. best marriage of authenticity and marketing yeah. that you can have is like, I, I know dancers need this thing. I, I talk to my students. I talk to the people on my email list. We've had these conversations and I know that my, my students right now really want blank. So mm-hmm. when you put that course together and you market it, you know who you're talking to. Yeah. So of course they're going to be more likely to buy it. Yeah, for sure. And it's awesome. It's a great, it's a great mix. And even thinking just logistically, we mentioned this before, but email, you own that list. You own the mark. Like you, yes. these are people that signed up and then you have their email. You have their permission to email them. Social media, you don't own. Facebook could go down tomorrow. 
and all the people that that clicked like on your fan page are gone or you could get blocked or you know instagram has been known to to disable accounts for mm-hmm. <laughs> anything could happen you don't own that you don't own you know and if it's two things that that dancers really need is is email marketing and, and at least a website or something that says hey i own this property oh, on the online space and i'm going to remind every single dancer who's listening to this right now to go and check and see if your domain has expired yes that's true because and make sure it's secure i'm so sick and o- yeah. tired of opening up and this is not secure that is yeah. such a super easy quick fix and i think i've talked about it before it's such a super easy quick fix just go and check ssl secure and that way people because especially if you're selling things via your website yes. you don't know that it that thing is telling me your website is can get hacked maybe it's hacked right now i put in my credit card details i'm gonna get charged for something else yeah not into so, it right yeah, no, so please. <laughs> like when I was doing my research for this year's bundle, I came across so many dancers' websites that were like, you know, Facebook Facebook would link me to their website or Instagram or like if I could find you on Google, I would go there and it, I would get to the page and it would be like, like this domain is for sale or like this has expired or your bandwidth has been exceeded, your server's down. Like yeah. I ran into that so many times because I think dancers kind of just, they build the website and then they forget yeah so this is your reminder please go check and make sure your website is working you still have a website you think oh i haven't checked that in a while and it's like blog post from 2016. oh we could just go into so many things like don't call something a blog if you don't update it regularly i guess like you can just list the articles because people are like where has she been for three years like she hasn't been posting or yeah it's just all these little things that are i feel like a little bit more um uh, detailed. <laughs> I know. I could, we could, you and me, we could talk forever. So I really feel we yes. could. I feel like we've read up on all the same digital marketing material. <laughs> like you have literally said the exact same things that I've harped on and on about on this podcast, like since the beginning, like and email marketing, please. And what's yeah. funny about it too, though, is that in other business verticals, like I was talking about, like these are the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like these, these aren't advanced marketing techniques. They're not, you know, they're, they're the basics. They're like, are you starting a business? Here are like the things you need to do. And, you know, like I said, because dancers, a lot of dancers didn't see the value in in the online space. These are a lot of things that we as a community haven't normalized yet. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bizarre to me coming in from another space and you see this with them dancers who also work as like personal trainers, Mm -hmm. um, you'll see that they, they have this same level of confusion because in the personal training space, you see everybody is doing these things, but then you come over to the dance space and it's like, what is happening? And like, so like there are even more advanced things that you could be doing on top of all of this once you get the basics down. And for me, it's fun. <laughs> it so is like, fun because you get to I want to like, get into all that. Yeah, because I feel like it's a sense. I'm all about creating and defining your own success and being like the owner of of your opportunities in the sense that you, you're not sitting around waiting to be called on. You're not sitting around waiting to be that dancer that, that gets discovered by such event, which happens very rarely, if at all. Like there's yeah. no such thing as an overnight success. If you even look now at like the things that go viral, like um, one example that comes to mind because I like comedy and stand-up comedians in, in that world is, uh, I believe her name is Sarah Cooper, the one that 
imitates like Trump's speaking and stuff. Oh like, yeah. Went the, viral. Yeah. She went viral before and it's like, she's consistently working. It's just, she kept putting things out there and this is what mm-hmm. caught on at a time that, you know, yes. so it's just and consistent work. <laughs> it takes a long work. time. Right. But here's the thing. And this is, I was writing, um, so for people who are contributors to the belly dance bundle, I actually put together an email marketing guide this year that, that talked about a lot of these things like in detail, but when I was writing it, I had this epiphany that it's the consistency that matters, right? In email marketing, we know that. But you know where else the consistency matters? In your dance practice. Yes. Your yeah. marketing and your dance practice are not that much different than you think yeah. they are, yeah. right? It, what matters is showing up. What matters is the consistency, right? Putting in the work, doing the research, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of these things that you already do in your dance. Yeah. If you just twist it, then it fits really well into the business side of your of your dance as well. Yeah. And it's, I think that for some people who identify more as artists than business people, that that might be one of those like like the moments, right? The unlock moments where they're like, oh, I just have to treat it like my dance practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. I already got the practice part down. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think when dancers, they think about marketing, the first thing that goes to mind, I'll spend money on advertising, which is almost like the end part of all the other stuff because you you don't have that funnel set up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's people that I used to do um, web and graphic design. I did some, like, I would do like the branding part of the business as well and give like tips and stuff. And like, so many of my of, of my clients from different industries, they were like, oh, but con- like that's just too much work. Like I don't want to be creating things every week for this and I'm just like the designer of this or I'm the person. And it's like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it works more and better and faster than just mm-hmm. throwing money into ads when you have no idea your 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 market or even if you do know your market, you have no idea if the ad on this particular platform is going to work. You have no idea if it's even worth your money. Like that's the end part. That I would say is the more advanced part of exactly of the marketing yes. because then it's like I'm ready to scale. I'm ready to to attract more people. This is this is like these age groups. This you know they live in this particular. They have this kind of job. I can target. Boom. Yeah, and you know what works for them, right? Like yeah. you've you've put the courses out. You've built yeah. right because if you're running ads to get people on your email list, but then you don't email your email list yeah. what's the point yeah if you're running ads to get people into a class like have you tested that class with a bunch of different people is that a class that really turns people into super fans for you yeah. or is it a class that people are like they, they take it and they're like this is all right because it doesn't show like what you have to offer yeah right you've got to be if you're going to run ads you got to run them to the right places and you've got to yeah. put people who are coming in into funnels in your business that are going to take them where you want them to go yeah and if you don't have that part set up then the ad's not going to do you much good yeah yeah exactly i just i can't i mean just so many times that i've i've seen uh people just want to throw money in ads and then they they get disappointed when it doesn't work and it's like yeah but then they blame the facebook ads yeah right and it's like well facebook ads don't work it's like well actually facebook ads work amazingly well yeah when they're used like exactly. when they're really targeted in and yeah. you're putting them in the right place like you're putting people who are coming in through that ad in the right place facebook mm-hmm. ads can be 
I mean, there are entire business, multi-million dollar businesses that are built entirely on Facebook ads. Yeah. They do work. But the, yeah. the problem is that like we're, like you said, we're jumping ahead yeah. of where we're at in the marketing. Right. And we just need to set, we need to set those base stones first. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we could talk about this forever, but <laughs> <laughs> we're getting like super nerdy here, guys. Yes. I hope, I hope you're like, lost, taking notes. Like, what ads? No, bad. <laughs> email list? Yes. That's all you need to write do. Email emails more. Yes. Okay. <laughs> write more emails. And you don't even have to do it every week like like I no. do. Um, like you can just just make sure that it's clear to the people sending me. Say, hey, you're going to hear from me twice a month, once a month. Mm-hmm. Is that okay with you? Here you go. Here, you know, give me your email address and then that's fine. You know, just to have some consistency and I and it's hard like I will tell you someone that has to create content every week sometimes for you know I'll cross if it's relevant I'll do pod, like the podcast uh the script written in the newsletter if it's relevant if it's if it's too businessy because I try to focus on on the on the dance portion of it as well I'll have to create something completely different so it is definitely hard but um but I do like to to put into writing my ideas about dance I'm very analytical in that sense and I liked I I find inspiration from other forms like I've mentioned before like how hip-hop has been doing online classes for a while and and I love uh the world of like stand-up comedy and so I use comedians I listen to a lot of their interviews and I use that as part of like theory and things like that and then how they run their businesses it's not that much different how we do as well so it's it's just finding these online business is online business Yeah. yeah that's the thing it's all you have to do is take it and twist it to fit whatever yeah. niche you're in so you yeah. look at all of these things and you're like oh that won't work in the belly dance world but it will you just have to look at it a little differently like, how can you yeah. change it so that dancers like dancers will identify with it yeah. how does this help my students how does this yeah. help the people i'm serving um but online business is online business yeah I love how you mentioned at uh, the very beginning, though, that belly dancers have, like, rejected the online world. But everyone and their grandmother wants to, like, tell me on Facebook that they, they're they now ready to be hired from Russia or something. Where, like, they use that as, like, their online business part. And it's just, like, yeah, again, doing it completely wrong. Like, I, do you not get these messages? Like, not I get them less now. But, in, like, a couple of years ago, everyone just wanted to message me to tell them they're ready to be sponsored. And I have no idea who they are. And I'm not the wrong person to con. I don't sponsor people, <laughs> like, so I have no idea why that is a, apparently an acceptable way of doing online business. But having a website, <laughs> I I managed to avoid those. I see. I like I like to hide behind the scenes. So um, a lot yeah. of people actually don't know. Like since last year, they probably know more that I run the bundle because I I had the podcast. Um, yeah. So you heard me talk more. Yeah. But before that. Everybody was like, who runs this thing? Because <laughs> I was like was hiding, like hiding behind all my contributors. Like you guys go, you guys go, yeah. I'll just take care of the tech. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I managed to avoid that because nobody knew who I was. <laughs> I'm not even like someone, it's just, I don't know. I feel like they just went through their friends list or I don't, I don't even know. Like I would get this a few times a year where it was just like, hey, I'm ready to be sponsored. I, and I was just like, what, who are you? Like, what is happening here? Why did you message me? And I just, I just would ignore that. I've talked about that before it's just, on here. It's, just, it's, it's the idea, I guess, of making, like, if you make 20 cold calls, one person might say yes, right? And I'm if, all... If you, answer enough, <laughs> if you message enough people, somebody will say yes. Maybe. And I'm, I've talked about this on here as well before. I'm all about the cold call, the emails. Like, if that is 
you know, like I did this for, for design as well. And I had a couple of clients that way, but you have to word it differently. You have to offer something. Oh, yeah. They do work obviously like in not all the time. And it's a definitely a, a harder approach. Yeah. <laughs> but then, it has to be a personalized email. That yes. Takes it has to be personalized person. and you have to give uh, something to the person that is reading, not just, Hey, are you going to book me? It's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> no. So like, yeah, so there are ways to do it. It's definitely like a ballsy move for sure, but um, but it, it can be done, but that is not the way to do it. No. So what have you seen in the belly dance community since the pandemic hit that you'd like to see more of? People teaching online. I mean, like, let's be honest. I don't like how we got here. Like, I, I don't like how we got here. But for me, especially as someone who promotes online dance, who really, like, truly believes that online dancing, like, online classes and online workshops can, can allow you to progress in your dance journey in a, yeah. in a way that you weren't able to before. And I've been, I mean, I've been shouting that into the ether for years, right? Into the void, you know, <laughs> come take classes on the internet. Um, like, I've to see so many people embrace that online yeah. and to like, to not have, so the last time we held an event for Journey Through Egypt, we had 50 people attend live. And I didn't have to answer a single customer service email about what Zoom was or how to log in or, you know, anything. And we've been running classes on Zoom for JTE for years now. And like to, to have so many people show up without a question just shows this like acceptance of dance online mm -hmm. and like I hope that that sticks around like what however this is going to resolve itself however this this pandemic is gonna is you know gonna change the world in whatever way it's going to when we get back to the studio we get back to in-person classes I hope that this zeitgeist that we have right now that we can study with anybody no matter where they or we are sticks around yeah and so what i've what has always boggled me in the past is if you go to teach a workshop somewhere and you have all of these students who just took a workshop with you and they loved they loved it right those people can't study with you anymore that's it maybe you come back to that festival next year you know and that's yeah. the only way they can do it but to me I always wondered why teachers weren't handing out like here's a coupon to come take a free class online with me like a you know and pre-recording some things maybe not like a whole mess of classes but enough to like keep the people who were taking classes with them engaged and able to study with them even though they were gone because then as a teacher like right now we have this idea that if you go teach at a festival that's where you make money the mm -hmm. festival is you to come and that's your money but it's that that shouldn't be the case mm -hmm. right not to me anyway you should go teach at the festival and get paid to teach at the festival mm -hmm. but then use that festival as a marketing opportunity to get students who pay you directly yes for things so you go and you teach a workshop on veil right and then you give everybody maybe a video like re reminder of all the things like a, a run through of all the combos you taught Mm -hmm. so that they can access that and continue to to work on the content that you had in this in this workshop but then you come out with a couple of classes on veils that you then market to those people who want to study with you more and then they're paying you directly 
instead of, you know, the middleman of the whoever is running the festival, you know, and then this like complicated dance that we do moving from festival to festival just to get paid and to make yeah. money. So when the festival circuit breaks down, as it did with COVID, suddenly there's dancers who, that's it, their mm -hmm. entire income is gone. Even if they didn't have a studio, like even yeah. if their yeah. studio shut down wasn't the problem, the festival circuit shut down was the problem. Yeah. And then what happens if like the festival circuit decides not to, to pick you back up next year, right? Yeah. All of those students, you should have been collecting all of this time. Yeah. Right. For things. So what I'm hoping, what I'm really hoping is going to happen now is that when festivals come back, when in-person workshops come back, that dancers are going to go to these things because they're amazing. Dancers should absolutely be going to in-person festivals and, and events. Finding the teacher that's like, holy crap, I really like the way that this person talks about shimmies, drum solos, choreography, musicality, history, culture, whatever. And then the next question being, how do I keep studying with you online? And having that question actually have an answer more times than it doesn't. Yeah. Because before you'd ask that question, people might be like, what? I don't yeah. know, uh, you know, very few people had online classes, yeah. but I'm hoping that that switches now so that most people will have something that you can take with them. Yeah. Even after you leave that workshop or that festival event. Yeah. And like, I hope that's what I'm hoping is that, that this idea that we can study with anybody, no matter where they are, just sticks, like mm -hmm. really sticks because it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, how great is it now Yeah. that you can, People, most people are on the internet now. So any dancer that you have taken a class with in the past, if you haven't looked them up to see if they're teaching online, I highly suggest you do so because they yeah. probably are. And yeah. you could probably go take a class with them right now. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I want, I want that to stick around so bad. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> yes, I can tell your enthusiasm and I love it and I'm here for it. I, yeah, I, I really want people to continue having this, this part of, to, to keep this as like a, just a normal part of, of the belly dance teachings from now on, even festivals. I would love to see festivals live stream and be able to like purchase workshops even from home, like live stream one, if I can't make it or something, I would love to yeah. see that on a bigger scale as well. Cause as you said, like it, it is important to keep um, as, as a teacher to keep teaching. If, if that is what you're doing, if that's what you're, you want to do, and as a student to be able to continue to follow that teacher and not on social media, none of that stuff. Um, because yeah, everyone is online now and I'd rather be supporting you through your email newsletter list and be purchasing your courses than just being like, oh, I did I miss your post today on Facebook because the algorithm? Yeah, like, you know, or like, this is a pretty yeah. picture of you. Yeah, I just, you and know, actually like <laughs> I thought about this a lot. I thought about what is keeping people from what are some things that are keeping people from doing this what what have been my own things that have kept me from doing it I've mentioned that I don't particularly care to be in front of the camera <laughs> you know I feel like you had mentioned this in the beginning um there's dancers that have super high quality videos that are like that mm -hmm. are almost out of reach for a lot of us because we don't have the technology we don't have the money to invest in all that stuff um and that is something that can keep people. <laughs> Everybody has a phone. Everybody, and phones yeah, take exactly. amazing videos now. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like it's not meant to be 
it depends on the person. It's almost meant to be as an excuse and it's a way to procrastinate because you don't feel like you're good. And who am I to teach? Who am I to do this? If I can't have it absolutely, especially perfectionism, this is what gets me. If I can't have it absolutely perfect, I shouldn't put it out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's something that I feel that a lot of dancers struggle with. They're like, well, if I can't yeah. have it perfect, if I can't have a dance studio at my disposal, if I only have my furniture moved around in some space, is that going to be good enough? Are people going to pay for that? And it's just, you have to, to give it a try and see, obviously don't put things that you don't feel that are, you know, just put together last minute up there. That's something different. But I feel like a lot of people feel that, you know, I want to do these things, but I have these limitations and it's just, I feel like it's the perfectionism. It's, yeah. it's keeping, I know it's kept me back for sure. It is. I have had projects in my head for years. They're on my to-do list still. <laughs> And it's this, well, if I can't have it this way, I don't know if I should do it. And it's just like, you have to just get, put it out there. You can always make it better. You can always edit it. You can always do something later, but it's just putting it out there to see, like, you you have to, like, you have to put yourself out there. I can hide behind my, my newsletter, my words and the podcast that people listen to. I don't think anyone's seen my face (laughs) like for like (laughs) months. I don't even see me videos. It's something that I have to if I'm harping on people to do that and put themselves out there, I need to be doing it too. So yeah. it's, but it's difficult. It's so hard, especially if you have this perfectionism keeping you from, and if you're very tough on yourself. So I, I can imagine that dancers are, are not doing the online stuff because they're, they're, if they're like me, they're being too perfectionist about things. So I, I think that that holds people back, but I also think another thing that holds people back, especially now, um, is the idea that there are so many people online, like, w- why should I even bother? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, like, to me, like, why are you teaching? Yeah. Because so many other people teach belly dance, too. And it's, like, everybody, everybody has something to offer. Yeah. Right? Everybody has a different take on something or a different way of teaching something. I can't tell you how many, I used to dance with my rib cage like flared up for years because, and people would try to correct my posture all the time. All the time people tried to correct my posture and didn't work. Like nothing stuck in my brain until one teacher in LA looked at me and went, imagine you're squeezing a hot dog between your ribs. <laughs> and like, bam, fixed it. Instantaneous, yeah. something I'd been working on for years, right? Yeah. Like just because she had a different way of saying the same thing that everybody else had been saying to me for years. Like you, you have a unique voice and you have something to bring to this space. And we have to, I think we have to operate in an abundance mentality, right? Dancers don't just take with one person. They take with multiple people over the course of their dance journeys. I couldn't probably even count how many teachers I've studied with like in the past, however many years I've been dancing. Right. Like, and it's, who are you depriving of your teaching by not going online? Who are you taking your teaching away from by letting perfectionism stop you from putting it out there, right? Like think, twist it, decenter yourself from the conversation and put the people that you're serving in the, in the center. And, you know, like, do they need you to be perfect or do they need you to put out the workshop? Yeah. 
yeah. right? And like, how can you trick yourself into putting out the workshop yeah. <laughs> or getting around whatever mental block you have about teaching online? Yeah. So it's, it's because it's not about you. It's about the people that you're here yeah. to teach and serve yeah. on their journeys. I love that. Need help navigating the world of online belly dance classes? Head on over to genre.dance slash bundle and get the belly dance bundles free guide how to get the most out of online classes. That's Jana, Z-A-N-A dot dance slash bundle. Now back to the show. So this upcoming little segment I have is brand new and you're the first one to try it out. Yeah. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready? You ready? So it's called a lightning round. Okay. I might change it later because that's the only creative thing I could go with. No, we're good. I like it. But it doesn't have to be as quick. But the point is to think of the first thing. Okay. And then we can elaborate. We can talk more about it if you would like. But the lightning round, but it doesn't have to be. uh, Yeah? I'm in. So you finish the sentence. The biggest struggle I face in belly dance is consistency that's despite speaking to it (laughs) that gets me all the time and it's in my practice uh it's because like i just i'm busy running my businesses you know and finding the time to dance is hard and i have a two and a half year old who um is a little whirlwind all the time (laughs) and so finding that consistency there is hard and it's actually again despite speaking to it email consistency for me is something that's very difficult to keep up um and in the i think what i'm trying this year i'm always experimenting on myself i always i'm big on like self-experimentation on like how can i trick myself into doing something how can i you know (laughs) reframe it so that it that it works a certain way um and so because the bundle is the only thing that the bundle, like that the belly dance bundle produces all year long. To me, it's really hard to be consistent in the between. I'm more consistent with the people who purchase the bundle because we're interacting around deadlines and check out the class and, you know, mm-hmm. do all the things. But for people who don't buy the bundle for my main newsletter list, I tend to not talk to them much um, unless I'm reaching out to, you know, get feelers on new contributors or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this year, we've got more projects lined up okay. in between the bundles. So we'll see if having other things going on helps get me into that consistency yeah. mode. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's all about experimentation. Experiment oh, on yourself. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I feel like I just had this conversation with a friend of mine this week, and I was just like, I feel like just wanting to just to throw money at someone to be like, can you just keep me accountable and just keep me consistent? <laughs> just- you can throw money at me. I'll do that for you. <laughs> Just rage text me every morning. Have you done this shit or not? Oh, I can do that. Actually, I have a gift that I use with one of my best friends that I call the shame box. (laughs) I mean, every time she hasn't done something that she asked me to like check in with her on, I send her the gift and I only delete it when she's done the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I just need to feel like, oh, I need to, like, I'm at the point where I have the same. It's the consistency. I think I've been pretty, I've... I force myself to be consistent with my content because y'all been yeah. hearing from me. Every Sometimes year. that's what you have to do. <laughs> but even then I push like, it'll be like 
it, I sh what I should be doing is, is planning an, an advance and having things ready for at least like a month or two, like what normal podcasters and people do and stuff. But what often happens is, um, I'll have an idea and I'll, and I end up having to, I, I write or record every week, which is not what I want to be doing, not because I don't like it, but because what I should be doing is in batches. And yeah, so do as I say, not as I do in that sense. <laughs> yeah. So right, next question. Yes. The best way I'm overcoming that struggle is. Oh, well, I just answered that one for you. <laughs> <laughs> the shame box. <laughs> Yourself. No, actually, it's funny. Cause I do that to my friend. Cause it's hilarious um but i'm actually really big on not shaming yourself <laughs> into things and like really accepting where you are at any given time because i feel like you can't you can't shame yourself into doing something yeah. like you have to radically accept whatever's going on like i like i should be practicing this many hours a week like i could totally shame myself into into yeah. making that happen or i could radically accept that i have a two and a half year old and that's just not going to happen yeah. it's not going to happen so what can I do to get the result that I want without, without trying to shame myself into it, right? Like I accept that this is my reality. I love that this is my reality. I wouldn't trade my two and a half year old for anything, right? So <laughs> like I love that this is my reality. So what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Does this matter enough to me to actually do it? Or does it like, do I need to just like shelve this for a while, which mm -hmm. is fine. If your dance practice has to take a back seat, have it take a back seat. Yeah. Come back when you have the time. But you know, if this is something that I really want to do, then how can I approach it from like that aspect of self-love and like really getting into what I want out of things and, and how I can make it work in the situation that I'm in. Right. And I think that like the shame box is hilarious but not to yourself. <laughs> you don't shame others, Tiffany. That's all you want to shame others. <laughs> that's, that's, right? That's what we learned from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My favorite belly dance memory is... Favorite belly dance memory. This is going to be funny because it's a sad one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I... The last time that I danced on a stage was actually before I had my daughter. Um, and I had been going through a really tough time. I had a really, really hard time getting pregnant. Um, I was a wreck. I was very depressed. It was very, like, just a terrible time in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, this is right actually before I started. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's been a while since I was, like, on a stage itself. Um, and... I was dancing, we were doing dress rehearsal, and I, I remember thinking I looked hot as hell that day. I don't, like, I don't know what it was about my outfit, but I was feeling super fly. I loved, I just dated myself with my language. Um, I <laughs> loved the song. Dated I was myself with understanding exactly what you meant. <laughs> I, I loved the song I was dancing to. I had this, I had, like, written out the lighting cues for the, for the, the lighting guys. Um, and it was going to be really good. It was going to be really dramatic and intense and I'm super into it. And we were doing the dress rehearsal and the lighting guys messed it up. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this podcast, but I would. Oh, of course. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> um, they fucked it up real bad. 
like they just they were not going to be able to do the lighting like they were just not at that level mm-hmm. you know it was like and I just remember like all of the like happiness I had around that performance just deflating into like the the like miasma that I'd been living in of just like nothing's working everything is terrible like mm. this is awful and this is not a lightning round answer. <laughs> um, and I, when later that day, cause it was like the day of rehearsal, like dress rehearsal. So later that night I had to perform the piece, but I was still like agitated from like the lighting guys not being able to get it and like feeling like my piece had been ruined. Um, and I just, I remember taking all of that energy and like twisting it and being like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like this radical acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I got. This is what I have to work with. I'm just going to take all that energy and put it into my performance. And I swear that that was one of the best pieces I've ever performed. And I like, I really think it was taking all of the shit that I was going through and like mm-hmm. taking the like that disappointment from that day and just putting it all into my dance and like really, really working it in and feeling it. Cause it was like an angry piece. Like it was an angry, sad piece that I was dancing. And just, I remember finishing that piece and walking off stage and being like, that's the best performance I've ever done. And like that, I think that is one of my like favorite dance memories it's almost therapeutic right when you're really yeah feeling, yeah i mean putting it absolutely yeah. absolutely therapeutic like not only in, in letting go of like that day but in letting go of like what had been happening to me and like working it through my body and and yeah. out like into the like into an audience like i could have you know like dancing definitely works feelings and and emotions and is therapeutic in in getting things out of you but i think even being able to do it in front of an audience that's paying attention and watching, like being able to send that energy somewhere else, mm-hmm. like was really helpful for me. And I just like, I just, that, that's probably like my favorite dance memory. Mm-hmm. And um, if you watched, like I said earlier, the video of that dance, it's like a shitty camera set up in the back of the auditorium. <laughs> like it does not represent like, what that piece was or how it is and like if somebody saw it that's not what they would see you know like and that's what I mean about like earlier when I was saying like dancers being able to to put themselves online now in a way that is more indicative of who they are and what they're trying to do than they could previously that that's exactly this is exactly an instance of that yeah uh, and the last question, the one thing I'd love to offer the belly dance community is. You get the long pause. I think what I would like to offer the belly dance community is confidence mm-hmm. online. Like, I feel like we we have confidence in person. At least we get it as teachers. I don't think we ever start off confident in person, Mm -hmm. Um, but we we gain it. And to know, like as people who are trying to build businesses online, that that same confidence in the online space will come 
and that for students confidence in your own practice from online resources mm -hmm. like will also come but you just have to keep at it like you just have to to keep working at it but that it's not you're always going to feel like you don't know what you're doing that's not what i mean because like i don't think that feeling ever goes away i don't even think that feeling goes away if you're a teacher <laughs> like oh, in person okay. for years there's always this moment of like i'm not like one day you show up you're like who's who let me do this um, <laughs> think as a human being i think you can expect that no right doing. but that like i want to help people be more confident in their practice in their business on the internet like using online tools in that way like that's mm -hmm. that's what i would like to get the dance world Tiffany, you're so lovely. And this is such a nice, like, talk. Like, I feel like I've met, like, it's just kindred spirits. Like, it's just funny that we started dancing around it. the same time. Like, I've been dancing 13 years. You said you have dancing around that time, too. Yeah. Like, it's funny that you're all in Florida, where I was. <laughs> like, I know. And we, we were, like, all the way done with our first call, like, about yeah. the bundle. And then at the very end, she was like, where are you located? And I was like, Florida. And then we ended up on a call for, like, another 30 minutes. Yeah. About Florida. <laughs> it's just so funny. I feel like, yeah, I just, um, it's such a pleasure to have you on here. And it's so well, nice to, to know you, to, to meet you like in this way. And thank you so much. It's just wonderful. And I'm, and I'm so looking forward to, to working with you and um, in the bundle and, and everything. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like I found a, a fellow belly dance like business nerd. Same. So, lovely. Same. Thank you so much for being on here. And thanks to everyone listening. Stay safe out there and until next time. Bye.